Welcome to the Pleasant Green Missionary Baptist Church Sunday School. I'm Minister Cedric Harden and I'll be sharing Lesson 7 for October the 15th, 2023. We're still in Unit 2 entitled Faith Triumphs, Law Fails. And our topic taken from the Adult Quarterly is One's Faith is the Key. Our devotional reading is taken from the book of Galatians, chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 10. Our background scripture is taken also from the book of Galatians, chapter 2, uh, verses 11 through 21. And we will be studying today from the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verses 11 through 21. Our key verse reads, The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me, as taken from Galatians chapter 2 verse 20b from the NIV translation. Our lesson aims today, number one, is to compare and contrast justification by faith and justification by law. Secondly, to cultivate a love of living in Christ. And then thirdly, to identify concrete behaviors that characterize a life guided by faith in Christ. We have three outlines today that will be a part of our lesson. The first outline is entitled, entitled Hypocritical Faith's Failure. Second outline is entitled Bold Faith Triumphs. And then the third outline is entitled Bold Faith's Source. We certainly thank and praise God for this opportunity, the privilege to be able to share God's word with you from our Sunday School platform. We encourage you to get your Bible and be prepared to take some notes and uh, we want to be able to share uh, some scripture with you today and we hope that uh, you're following us. Um, our series of lessons we pray that you are continuing to stay faithful uh, to the study of God's Word as we all seek to apply it um, God's Word to our lives I want to begin today with um, just a little bit of the background of the book of Galatians uh, there's quite a bit that comes with our uh, biblical context but I want to make sure we understand um, where we're going with this lesson today and why uh, the book of Galatians uh, was written. But Galatians was written to answer specific problems uh, in particular churches. So in order to understand the epistle, uh, some knowledge of the situation that provoked Paul to write is essential. So not long after the Galatians had accepted the gospel, agitators came among them and attacked Paul personally. Uh, they, and they also preached a distorted form of Christianity. Uh, their gospel required circumcision for salvation. Uh, but since the Galatians were uncircumcised Gentiles, the agitators insisted that the Galatians not only believe in Christ for salvation but also 
except circumcision. And you'll see that in chapter 2 of the book of Galatians, uh, chapter 5, and also in chapter 6. And we hope that you will certainly read the entire epistle. Uh, but those were some of the issues um, uh, in particular that was going on uh, at the time of the writing uh, of the book of Galatians. And, and so we want to be able to appreciate the fact that the churches in this region uh, were in a state of confusion, right? So we'll get into that as we um, talk a little, a little bit more about this book. Uh, and just to help us to understand that unity is important as we seek to to preach and teach the gospel uh, and certainly that was not the case so you can imagine if you are a believer and you are have been preached to um, uh, to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and then the fact that you go listen to uh, another person that preaches and they tell you that you have to do something else in order to be saved right you have to uh, certainly uh, take at saving yourself if you will and this is the dispute or the reason for the writing uh, and we have to appreciate the fact that the law the mosaic law right and the adherence there's nothing wrong Psalm 19 tells us that there's nothing wrong with the law but how these individuals were particularly uh, seeking to use it and then uh, uh, preying upon uh, unsuspecting young converts in the church who were uh, at the heart of Paul's writing here who had effectively started to shift and to turn away from the gospel of grace that was originally preached to them to this influence of these Judaizers who came in uh, talking about that in order to be saved that these Gentiles needed to be circumcised right and you can also see some reference in I believe in Acts chapter 17 but let's get some reference here on uh, this first outline we want to talk about hypocritical faith's failure and I want to read this from um, the NIV translation and, and where we come to a place in this particular passage uh, of scripture this is a confrontation between uh, Paul and Peter right this is a confrontation uh, and so the Bible says, uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse 11, when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. Paul is saying, I opposed Peter to his face because he stood condemned. Verse 12, for before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles but when they arrived he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid I want you to underline that he was afraid Peter was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group or he was afraid of the Jews right 
Uh, and then verse 13, and the other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy even Barnabas was led astray. And so here Paul in uh, chapter 2, uh, Paul is describing, uh, gives a description of a second trip to Jerusalem 14 years after his conversion on the Damascus Road. He was accompanied by Barnabas and a Gentile Christian named Titus. Right? Paul held a private meeting with the leaders of the Jerusalem church. He confirmed that the gospel message he preached to Gentiles was the same as theirs. Salvation is found only through faith in Christ and not in the law. Uh, so the men formally agreed that Gentile Christians should not follow the law and that Titus did not need to be circumcised. I, I hope that you can see the, 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 the conflict here uh, uh, that's going on. Uh, this, this was nothing. This was not a small matter. This was a huge problem. And you can imagine uh, uh, what this must have been like that these Gentiles are now being told that uh, the only way that you can be saved is that you can be that you have to be circumcised. Right. And so now uh, uh, we see Paul uh, confronting Peter, uh, but Peter, James and John demonstrated their official approval of Paul and his message by extending the right hand of fellowship uh, so others would accept him. You'll see that in Galatians chapter 2 verses 3 through 10 but later Peter visited Antioch and withdrew and separated himself from Gentile Christians when certain Jewish believers arrived fearing their disapproval. You ever changed as a, as a Christian? Have you ever changed your position about who you were when other people came around? Have you ever compromised yourself? Uh, have you ever uh, uh, sank to such a place where you didn't want folks to know who you were and you, you sort of uh, uh, shifted and moved to uh, uh, the popular uh, uh, track of folk and you departed from those who knew you formally before these individuals arrive and we all have seen and perhaps have endured these kinds of situations where uh, we didn't want to uh, uh, interrupt the status quo uh, we didn't want to appear to be with these people because now I'm with these folk and you can see the confusion here. Uh, the Gentiles, these believers, are, are but they are Christians, right? Peter is a Jew. He's a Christian, but he's influenced by some other Jews that, that he's uh, uh, associated with. And now he starts to withdraw from the Gentiles, right? He doesn't want to be uh, 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 flanked or, or he doesn't want... Uh, the Jews to believe that he's with these Gentiles and so he withdraws from them and Paul confronts him right uh, Paul uh, refers to them as certain men who came from James Jesus brother seeking to please the Jews and, and avoid conflict watch this Peter treated the Gentile Christians like they weren't Christians. Can you imagine that? 
And so his influences influential status led other Jewish Christians and Paul's friend and companion Barnabas to defect and treat Gentile believers uh, um, the same way. So this is this is the problem of belief systems. This is the problem of the law at this time, this culture. This is the problem that these churches uh, face and, 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 and you might say well what relevance does that have in our present churches well legalism can enter into any ministry or any church if you will uh, and legalism not necessarily mo the mosaic law in our culture and day and time but there are times when our traditions uh, outrank our faith or our legalism, or our norms, if you will, uh, traditions uh, uh, rooted in how long we've been established. Sometimes these particular uh, uh, traditions are at odds with grace, because we believe that it, it, because we have been doing them for so long, this is our system, this is what governs us, and so we we've always done it this way right it's always been this way so if you interrupt that then that would be uh, uh, something that would be a departure right from the grace of God and so we start to maintain these traditions and though and then we want others to adhere to, to these traditions and we make them legalistic or governing principle and then we make ourselves justified. I hope this is making sense, church. Then we make ourselves justified by practicing these norms. And then we, we pat ourselves on the back that we've been doing this for X amount of years. So it has to be right. We've always done it this way. And so this is the kind of conflict or the hypocrisy that sets itself up against the gospel of grace. So you can imagine if if that's true then we are in effect saving ourselves by some type of work that we do the list goes on and on and on it 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 it, it infects the church sometimes around what we give we believe if we give a certain amount that we are entitled to certain privileges or we're better than other Christians we feel like if we have certain titles that we're better than other people and so we have to be careful about this type of hypocrisy right this heresy had infected people were teaching this stuff they were teaching legalism in the church right these Judaizers were upsetting the faith of people who had already accepted Jesus Christ so they didn't need anything else added to that but the conflict was and you can imagine as a young believer and this is the importance of us studying the Word of God this is the importance of us understanding the cross of Jesus Christ the finished work of the cross so we can arm ourselves and if you remember as I read to you earlier Paul was being attacked personally by his critics these folk were coming after him and the message that he was preaching so Paul had to in effect defend himself and his ministry 
and the message that he was preaching, right? So this caused some conflict between uh, fellow believers, right? And it was it was so bad that this type of hypocrisy affected other believers who started acting like Peter and started mistreating these Gentile believers just because the Jewish believers arrived on the scene. So Peter knew that God did not require Gentiles to follow the Mosaic law to, to obtain salvation. Why is that? You know, when I was studying this lesson, I was thinking about uh, why does the law fail, right? Why did God give principles that failed? And you might say, well, then is the law of no effect? Absolutely not. The law had a purpose. And I want you to, at some point, read of all read all of Galatians chapter 3 and I'm also going to give you um, Romans chapter 8 verses 1 through 4 because there is a law that we follow right we don't nullify the Mosaic law the Mosaic law was used was instituted to number one as an instructor or a tutor if you will to lead us to Jesus Christ to show us what sin is and also to demonstrate to us that we are incapable of keeping all of the requirements of the law so if you in effect broke one of the laws one of the mosaic laws you broke all of the law so you can imagine even from the Old Testament platform what it must have been like to keep repeating the same sacrifices for sins that you committed last year or yesterday. There was never any consistency in keeping the commandments of God. But that system was tolerated and instituted by God until the fullness of times when Christ came, right? The atoning sacrifice, the fulfillment of the law, if you will. So the law should have led folk to Christ who died for the things that they could not do, that we could not do. We could not keep the law. We could not fulfill the righteous requirements of the law to God's satisfaction. You've heard that passage, for all have sinned and come short. That's why. <laughs> so we, we have been led to the cross and the sacrificial lamb, the fulfillment of the Old Testament type is Jesus Christ who died for our sins so what 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 Peter is doing here is an affront to not only uh, 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 the message but the God who sent him to preach he's acting in a way contrary to his his own beliefs right so Peter chose peace over purity. He wanted peace with these folks, these other Jews, right? He didn't want any conflict. But Peter also demonstrated a hypocritical faith by professing one thing 
and practicing another right so but it says here lest we condemn Peter too harshly let us reflect on times when we have been guilty of hypocritical faith by refusing or excusing ourselves from standing on God's word to save face or to avoid conflict so we all have at some point worn different hats right we're different around these people we're different at church than we are at work we're different at work than we are at home we're different at church than we are in our communities do you see where I'm going with this so when we act like that when we're not the same right we're not consistent we are classified as hypocrites right so we have to be careful and it takes a lot of courage takes a lot of faith and a willingness to accept conflict over compromise right so let's keep that in mind so the question is asked how does Peter's faith hypocrisy validate the statement practice what you preach and that's the import of all of this Peter was not practicing what he was preaching but I noted here because the Bible says gives us the exact reason why Peter did it and it's probably the exact reason why we do it and have done it in the past and that's fear we were afraid for what others might say we are afraid of who we are the worst thing that we can have as a Christian is an identity crisis it's one of the worst things that we can endure is to be afraid of who we are and who God made us to be right God did not give us that spirit of fear right or a spirit leading us to fear but of power and love and a sound mind right second outline bold faith triumphs this is taken from Galatians chapter 2 verses 14 through 19 and I want to read this from the NIV translation and I just want to let you know here that the confrontation between Paul and Peter is still going on Bible says when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel I said to Cephas in front of them all you are a Jew yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew how is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Christian customs verse 15 we who are Jews by birth are not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law but by faith in Jesus Christ so we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because by the works of the law 
no one will be justified. I hope we really, really get this part. It doesn't matter your 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 good works, if you will. Romans chapter twelve, verse one and two will help you to understand that the the good works that you do are to be noted, but they are what you should do. They are what you should be doing. Now you're back in the original purpose, if you will, or living under the uh, the created order, the divine created order, what God intended for for us to do before sin. So, but we don't get any credit, and we're certainly not uh, 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 justified before God by any work. It doesn't matter what it is, right? No principle, no legal principle, nothing that you have obtained or uh, uh, initiated as a governing principle will justify you before God. I don't care what it is. I don't care how long you've been doing it. I don't care how much you have done of it. You will not be justified by it before God. You may be justified by it by your peers. To be clear. I may pat you on the back. But God looks at it and says that's what you should be doing. Right? Because if that is not the case. Then are we saying we are now sharing in God's glory? Are we now co-heirs in glory with God? Because that's where this leads. If we are justified, then we are somehow equal partakers of the glory that God is the only one. Right? He is the only one that is in a position to, to get all of the glory, the honor, and the praise. Verse 17, but if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. Verse 18, for if I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. So this this conversation if you will may be sort of hard for you to 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 digest to understand what Paul is saying to Peter here but the 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 message is clear. Paul is rhetorically uh, uh uh putting Peter in a place of reflection about who he is and who God is and what he is able to do. Peter, Paul, or any Jew, and would fail miserably. But Paul wants to, to, to settle the argument, right? For through the law, I died. In other words, I died to trying to, uh, trying to save myself by keeping the law. I died to that. So that I might live for God. So how do we live for God? We live for God through believing in Christ. 
And now, as Romans chapter 6 would help us to understand, we don't continue on offering our members as instruments of sin or rebellion to God, but rather obedience to God. I hope this is making sense, church. Because we need to make clear, this is still active in our culture today. We're still trying to help God save us. We're still trying to take control, if you will, self-govern ourselves as though we don't need God and that we can be somehow morally good before God based on the things that we do. And it will fail miserably. Please understand that. You and I are in no position. Think about it. A sinner trying to make up all of the good works that he or she should do and then justify themselves before God. How long do you think that would take? How many works? How, how, you know, that, that, that's just an overwhelming position to constantly be working on trying to save myself by good works as opposed to surrendering our lives to the finished work of Christ who died for our sins our inability to keep ourselves according to the law the scripture is clear all have sinned and come short and you will always come short you will always be incapable of measuring up to God's standards as he would have them to be so Christ came and atoned through his own sacrificial death burial and resurrection to justify those who believe in him and declaring us to be justified before God through him who died for us. I hope it's making sense, church. But I want to give you uh, Romans. I want to give you Romans chapter 5. Uh, I hope you will take a look at that. And also, I want to give you Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. And then Romans chapter 3, uh, verses 21 through 30, uh, 26. Romans 3, verses 21 through 26. Right? But, and you can also read all of Romans chapter 4, which is full of this discussion about the law, the works, Abraham, circumcision, and so on. And, and, and we need to, uh, because we don't deal with circumcision today in our culture in terms of being saved, but we add other types of legalistic measures, right? That if people don't do this or they don't do that, 
or they don't go to this church or they don't go to that church then they're somehow not going to be saved right and that's just not that's just not doctrinally sound right but we learned here that um, Peter's actions prove that his faith at that moment was hypocritical, right? At that time, at the time of this confrontation, Peter was being hypocritical. And Paul called him out in front of everybody basically letting him know you're being a hypocrite you can't do that you can't preach this and Paul wants him to know that the same God that worked effectively toward for him and his message to the Gentiles also worked effectively for Peter and his message toward the Jews so if they're all being preaching that that you can only be saved by faith in Jesus Christ why are you reverting back to legalism? Right? Why are you going back to these old principles of not associating with certain people, which is what is right in line with what these Judaizers are professing and teaching and confusing the church? Why are you being Peter complicit in that? Instead of standing your ground and staying true to the message that God pre gave you to preach that by no works of the law can a man be justified but fear gripped him and I'm sure Peter probably said if I if I stick it out if you will with these Gentiles what will the Jews say about me how will that compromise my life if, if I if I don't go with the flow right so it was better for Peter at that time to shrink back into being a hypocrite rather than to stand his ground right lastly bold faith's source this is taken from Hebrews chapter 2 uh, verses 20 and 21 the Bible says from the NIV translation Paul says I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me what does he mean by that I no longer live right Paul doesn't go on the same way. You all remember the conversion on the Damascus Road. He was living for himself, self-glorification, promoting his own cause, right? Trying to justify himself by what he did, by who he was, persecuting other people, other people patting him on the back that he was doing the right thing. But it was not until that conversion that he met the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't live that way anymore. Right? I no longer live for myself. For what I think. For who I think I am. For my own self-justification. 
for my own law keeping. I don't live that way anymore. But I but Christ, my liberator, my savior lives in me. Right? So he's free. And Paul is saying here, and I want you to get this, he's at peace with who he is. He is not having an identity crisis. He's he's done with who he thinks he is. He's done with his former way of life. It is dead to him. The only thing in his uh, uh, eyesight or his focus now for Paul is to allow Christ to live through him. This is the law of the spirit that I gave you earlier. Right? Living through the power of the resurrected Christ. Right? This is how I live now. The life I now live in the body. I live by faith. This is key. I live by faith in the son of God. And, and I hope you underline this and highlight this. It has to be. Our faith has to be centered on what Jesus did. Not just uh, at the cross. Yes. But for us. Right? And what he did. John chapter 17 uh, uh, is clear Jesus says I finished the work praying to his father I finished what you gave me to do right he said he was finished before he was crucified he looked ahead Christ did to the fact that he was not going to deter from the, what he was given to do this assignment to give his life as a ransom for many. To seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus could unequivocally say before it happened. That he was going to do this thing. It's done. Paul goes on to say. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ died for our inability to keep the law. To keep the righteous requirements. So when we believe on him. Who committed no sin. There was The Bible said there was no darkness in him at all. We can't make that claim. There was no sin in him at all. We can't make that claim. But through him we are free. From that claim. Right. We had time. You should read Psalm 32. Right. We are blessed. Because when God looks at us. He sees us through the sacrificial death of his son. And we are blessed. Because there is no iniquity found in us. Because of Christ. And without Christ. Then we are seen for who we are. Sinners. Needing to be saved. But because we are. We have believed. We have faith. In the gospel. And in the message of the cross. God. Has found us innocent. Thank God that we are free. 
from the penalty and the power of sin. But God will ultimately remove us from the very presence of sin. And we look forward to that day when we don't even have to be around it and don't have to be affected by its causes. But for now, we are justified. And we're not guilty because Christ paid the price. And that's all Paul is saying here. Verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Please underline that. I do not frustrate the grace of God. And we can frustrate the grace of God when we add legalism. Legalism and grace do not mix. They are at odds. There is conflict. So we don't want to add legalism to, to grace. If you're saved, you're saved. We should do, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way, you should sit down the way Jesus sat down. And what I mean by that is that we need to stop trying to work at saving ourselves. We need to cooperate and obey. But you cannot help God save you. Sit down. Rest. This will lead you to the book of Hebrews. Chapter 2. Chapter 3. Chapter 4. Right? Rest in the finished work of Christ. So Paul says I don't want to do that. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Or the NIV says, verse 21, Paul says, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could not be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. If you could save yourself through keeping the law, Christ died for absolutely no reason. Let's pray. Gracious Father, thank you for justification by faith alone in your Son, Jesus Christ. As we yield to the indwelling Holy Spirit's ministry, help us become more consistent in demonstrating our faith through godly behaviors that glorify you and edify others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, saints. Just know that I love you. I hope that I've added something to your belief system that helps you and encourages you to thank God for the position that the cross has put us in. Those that believe upon him. If you do not believe upon Christ then I would encourage you today after hearing the gospel right to pray to call on the name of the Lord and simply ask him to save you to come into your heart into your mind 
that God might bless you to be able to make a confession right with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead the Bible says you will you will be saved the Bible goes on to declare in Romans chapter 10 you won't be you will not be disappointed so God bless you I hope trust and pray that the Lord will permit us to come together again and until such time we say God bless you